Let's take our Bibles at this time, and I'm not going to preach real long at you. I don't think, all right, unless, unless I feel like you're not getting it, and then I just, I got to start over, okay? And so uh, bear with me here, but Psalm 105, Psalms 105 tonight, and obviously uh, this is the week that we celebrate the holiday, Thanksgiving, but Thanksgiving is not really a noun. It's not just a holiday. Uh, it really is a verb. It is the giving of thanks. That is what we are to be doing. And we understand that that's not something that we're to do once a year or during a particular season, but at all times, right? We're to give thanks in everything. And I want to just talk to you a little bit tonight about praise and thanksgiving, all right? We're in Psalm 105. And we'll begin reading in verse number one. It says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people, sing unto him, sing psalms unto him, talk ye of all his wondrous works, glory ye in his holy name, let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord, seek the Lord and his strength, seek his face forevermore. Remember his marvelous works that he hath done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. We'll stop our reading there at this time, but I, I want to just bring out from that that there is a, a, a commandment that is given there. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. This is actually a, an admonition. It's a command. It's, it's something that we are told to do. Give thanks unto the Lord. And it's a major theme throughout the Bible, especially in the book of Psalms. We see it over and over and over. If you were to look up the word thanks, giving thanks, uh, thanksgiving, uh, you'll find that all throughout the Bible. And then another word that's actually closely related to that is the word praise, to praise the Lord. And, and you find these words often associated with one another because praise is really an expression of gratitude to the Lord for who he is. Amen. Thanksgiving is an expression of gratitude to the Lord for what he has done. And I believe that the reason that you see these two so closely related is because as we live on this earthly plane, it's one thing for us to intellectually accept and acknowledge God for who he is simply by what he has told us. But we, as we see the hand of the Lord working among us, we see his works that he has done, it actually causes us to recognize who he is. In other words, the Lord has revealed himself to us through his mighty works and his marvelous deeds. And so as we give thanks to the Lord, our spirits and our hearts are lifted toward him in praise for who he is. And so we find this closely related throughout the Bible. And of course, we, we know, uh, most of us could probably quote a lot of verses about Thanksgiving. Probably the most common one is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18, right? In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And so it is God's will for us. It's something he's commanded for us. But it's not just to be an exercise that we do out of duty or habit. And tonight I want to take just a, a few moments 
and share with you some reasons or some benefits of giving thanks unto the Lord that hopefully will stir us up even within this, this service tonight to give thanks. In a moment, I'm going to be asking you to give testimony of God's goodness in your life. And there's a reason for that. Again, we're commanded to do so, but there are some benefits to doing so. And also throughout our lives, if we want to be in fellowship with the Lord, praise and thanksgiving are, are incredibly important. You see, I think we spend a lot of time talking to God about what we want from him or what we need from him. We, we make requests to the Lord, and that's a good thing. He's commanded us to do that as well, right? That, that we're to make, make our requests known unto, unto the Lord in Philippians 4, right? We're, we're commanded to do that, but we're also commanded to give thanks. And, and, and that means that we need to be willing to take some time and set aside the things that we need or desire from God and just take some time and acknowledge what he has given us. And go with me, if you would, um, back to Psalms 100, just a few pages back, Psalm 100. One of the things that I, uh, we, we try to teach our children is the importance of having an attitude of gratitude in their life because it's easy to get caught up in the things that we don't have in our life, isn't it? It's easy to focus on all of the stuff that we want or, or things that we desire, but really when we stop and just think for a moment of all the things that God has given to us, uh, we find that we're a very blessed people, aren't we? Psalm 100, though, we're talking about the benefits of praising the Lord and giving thanks to him. Verse 1 says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Now listen to verse number 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. Do you know that the, the, the Bible is actually, it tells us that if we want to draw nigh to God, we do so initially, at least, through thanksgiving. We are, we are called to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. The, 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 the statement of the gates and the courts it seems to be in relation to uh, the, the, the temple or the tabernacle where, where we would come in, where the people of Israel would come into the sanctuary of God, into the presence of the Lord to offer sacrifices to him in that place. But they were to do so with thanksgiving and with praise. But I believe that even today, all these years later, if we want to draw close to God, draw nigh unto the Lord, we need to do so with grateful hearts. Rather than just saying, okay, Lord, you know, here are the things I want from you. I think that a lot of us today, and, and I'll include myself in this just because I know that I'm not above it. But I think a lot of people today tend to view God as a means to an end. 
I'm looking to him to give me the things that I want. And, and it's not that all those things are wrong. For instance, we look to him for our salvation, don't we? I mean, we, we look to him to save us. I, I want to be delivered from sin. I want to be delivered from the, the punishment of sin. I want to receive the gift of eternal life. And there's only one place to do that. It's Jesus Christ, the one who died for me. And so I come to him for something that I need. And then throughout my life, I have these needs and I have desires. And, and I ask the Lord to provide for my needs and take care of my family and and bless my children and work in their lives. And, and I, it's easy for me to start looking to God as simply the supplier of my needs. I, I go to him looking for something. But if I really want to enter into his presence, I need to actually acknowledge what he has done for me. I need to come to him with a grateful heart, with a, a, a heart that says, Lord, thank you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for who you are. And, and Lord, I just want to praise you. And I just want to acknowledge for a, a, a while here who you are and, 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 and all that you are. I want to draw nigh to you, not for what you can do for me, but simply because you are worthy. So there's one side of it is if we want to draw nigh to the Lord, we need to have a thankful heart. And I would say also there's another side of that coin, and that is if we don't have a thankful heart, that we actually put ourselves in a place of spiritual danger. I want you to go with me, if you would, to the book of Romans, chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Now, in Romans 1, we find uh, a description of people that are distant from the Lord. Those who have a reprobate mind. Those who've been turned over to do their own uh, will and desire and, and fulfill the lusts of their flesh. And I want you to notice these words in verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. And I love verse number 20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, that's us, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Stop there for just a moment. You realize that every person in the world, regardless of the truth that they have heard, they are accountable to God because every person in the world has some knowledge of God. How do they have a knowledge of God? Well, the invisible things of him are clearly seen from the creation of the world. Psalm 19 says that the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Everybody has, has had the opportunity to look around them and see there is a beautiful and wonderful and incredible creation around us. And the very fact that there is a creation tells us that there is a creator. But then even beyond just the creation itself, there is something innately in us that is just 
we are born with some awareness of God. John chapter 1 tells us that Jesus is the, uh, is the light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. There is some light, there is some knowledge there. And so, why are there people out there that reject the notion of God? It's not because they don't know, it's because they've chosen not to believe. Okay? Now, verse 21, listen to this. Because that, when they knew God... They glorified him not as God. Listen to this. Neither were thankful. But became vain in their imaginations. And their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise. They became fools. And it goes on. Talks about how they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God. Into an image made like to corruptible man. And that God actually gave them up. To uncleanness. Why? Because they didn't like to retain God in their knowledge. We look at that and we say, boy, I, I know some people like that. And, and I can see them in the world around me. People who've hardened their heart against God. And they have rejected and resisted the Lord. But why did they do that? Because when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. Neither were thankful. Did you know an unthankful heart actually hardens our heart toward God? An unthankful, ungrateful spirit toward the Lord hardens our heart against Him. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, the Bible talks about in the last days, perilous times shall come, and it goes on and describes the wickedness of man that's going to take place in those last days. One of the things that is stated about them is that they'll be unthankful and unholy. Could it be that many of the problems that we have in our world, yea, even in our own lives spiritually, it, it, it actually boils down to a lack of thankfulness toward God? You know, you know where a lot of spiritual problems come from? What the Bible would call a root of bitterness. You know, what, you know what bitterness really is? Bitterness is always directed at God. Now, we may not say that. We might say, well, it's this person that hurt me, that harmed me. And so because of that, I can't forgive them. And I'm bitter against that person. But if you believe in the sovereignty of God, then essentially what you're saying is, and I mentioned this the other night, God allowed this to happen. And it should never have happened, therefore God was wrong. And so I'm actually resistant to God and the, the fact that he would allow this to come into my life. And I'm not thankful to him. And it hardens our hearts. It actually can cause division between us and God. But if we will actually take the time and acknowledge to the Lord all that he has done for us, I don't know how we could ever possibly be bitter and angry against God. If you really take the time to just consider the goodness of God. I want to give you a silly example. And I don't use myself as an illustration very frequently, but I do occasionally. Because the Lord sometimes works in my life like he does in yours, okay? 
I remember a time uh, before I was married, living in Fargo, North Dakota, right in the middle of winter. I don't know, January, February, something like that. Just a dumb college kid. I remember driving home to my apartment, which was way out on the west end of, of town, kind of right on the edge of the country. It was a bit of a drive out there. And the gas light came on going home. And it was so cold outside. I, I mean, 20 below at least, 25 below, cold. I, the, the, the floor mats in my car by the end of winter had about that much ice on them because what would happen is I'd get in with snow on my shoes and then the, the heat would actually melt it off of my shoes and the carpet would get wet and then it'd freeze. <laughs> and then you go through cycles of that throughout the winter and all of a sudden by the end of the winter you got it. I mean, it was cold, okay? And I just thought, I don't want to stand outside and pump gas today. And so I went home, and then the next, uh, or I think it was later that night, I had to go out and get something, and I started to drive, and I realized that I really should have stopped and gotten gas on my way home because the drive to the gas station was probably longer than I actually had on the tank. And I got about halfway from my apartment to the gas station, and I ran out of gas. And it was evening, I mean, probably 10 o'clock at night, probably, cold as can be. And now, I don't have a gas can with me, so I had to walk to the gas station, buy a gas can, and then fill it up, and then carry it back to my car. And it was, I mean, a couple of miles of walking, late at night, and cold as could be. And about the first half of my walk, I was so upset, I was mad at myself, I was just angry that this had happened, and then I remembered a story that I had heard about a Christian man who had been robbed one night, mugged, and instead of getting upset about it, he found things to praise the Lord for. One of the things was that he didn't have much money in his wallet, <laughs> I didn't have much to be stolen, you know. And then another thing was, well, you know, they, they could have harmed me. They could have killed me and beat me up. They didn't. They just took my money. So thank you, Lord, for that. And then, you know, even though they, they got that money the wrong way, at least, you know, at least maybe that money went to feed someone's kids or something. You know, who knows if they had a need. And, and he just started going through some things in his mind of reasons to be thankful to the Lord. And I thought, okay, well, if he can do that, I can do that. And I remember just thanking the Lord for... The fact that I had a nice warm coat to walk in, I had the money to go get gas, you know, to put in my car, uh, I had legs that could carry me there, uh, I had a car that I could drive if it had gas in it, most of the time it did, and so, you know, most of the time I didn't have to walk like some people do, and, and I just started going through some of the things that I could thank God for. You know what happened? My circumstance didn't change. I still had to go through the cold and get, get the gas, and it was a mild inconvenience, okay? But still, my attitude in the situation changed. And if, if in, our, in our little problems and even the major trials of life, if we can focus on the goodness of God and the things that He has done for us, Rather than focusing on what we don't have or what we wish was different, if we'll just start praising and thanking the Lord for what he has done, I think it'll soften our hearts toward him. 
and help us draw closer to him. So if we want to draw close to the Lord, we do so through praise and thanksgiving. But there's another aspect of this that's pretty exciting to me, and that is that God actually responds to us when we offer praise and thanksgiving to him. Go back with me to the book of Psalms, if you would. Psalm 22. Psalm 22. And a simple statement that's made in verse number 3. It says here, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. In other words, God inhabits the praises of his people. His dwelling place is found in the midst of our praise. Isn't that exciting? If, if I want to come into the presence of the Lord, I want to know where he is, you know what I need to do? I need to start praising him because he inhabits praise. And wherever I am, if I will praise the Lord and offer gratitude to him, I can know that he's there with me. That's pretty encouraging. And then one more place I want to show you, the book of 2 Chronicles. We'll go back all the way to the book of 2 Chronicles. And we're going to read just a few verses about the dedication of the temple. And 2 Chronicles chapter 5. Look at verse number 11. It says, And it came to pass, when the priests were come out of the holy place, for all the priests that were present were sanctified and did not then wait by course, also the Levites, which were the singers, all of them of Asaph, of Heman, of Jeduthun, with their sons and their brethren, being arrayed in white linen, having cymbals and psalteries and harps, stood at the east end of the altar, and with them an hundred and twenty priests sounding with trumpets. It came even to pass, as the trumpeters and singers were as one, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music, and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever, that then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. Boy, that's exciting to me. Here they're dedicating the temple. And the, the Levites that were there dedicated to the music ministry and the worship of the Lord, uh, they came together and skillfully, with all their hearts, praised the Lord in song and in music. And God responded. Have you ever stopped to think that God responds to our worship? We often talk about our singing in church in regard to the way that it prepares our hearts to meet with him. And it absolutely does. But have we ever stopped to think that it actually might I can use the term prepare the Lord to meet with us. I mean, it could actually be an invitation to the Lord to say, would you come and be with us? The, the presence of the Lord filled the temple 
to such a degree that the priest couldn't stand to minister. God's presence messed up their worship service that day. Their plan, their program was shaken up because the presence of the Lord entered in. And the Bible specifically tells us that it entered in when they were as one praising and thanking the Lord. Do you know that it is a powerful thing to praise God? It's a powerful thing in your life. And it's a powerful thing in, in our relationship to him. And so tonight even, in, in this service, and, and not just tonight, and not just this week, but I, I want to just encourage us all to make thanksgiving a part of our life, in our daily life. Take some time every day in your time with the Lord, in your devotion time, to just spend a few minutes praising and thanking God before you ever ask Him for anything. Just show some gratitude to Him, and it might change some things in your life. And it might change some things in your walk with Him. And so tonight, in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to offer some praise to the Lord. And to even talk about His works in your life. We're going to do that together. We're going to praise the Lord together.